P A P E R R A D I O. Hello, you're with Paper Radio. This story by New Zealand author Rachel O'Neill is called Calf Club 1989. My brother has attached himself seriously to various habits, and not washing is one of them. He's particularly proud of a greenish tinge that has taken hold behind his left ear. Not that he refers to water as water either. Rather, he says, I'm thirsty, can I please have some H2O? Or, I like to drink H2O, not wallow in it like a hippopotamus. Today he uses his finger to trace small waves through the blue hairs on his arm. This arm has remained pretty much blue since his last art class finished, which was at least two days ago. It is clear to me that his finger is following the path of a talented prepubescent ache, a hurt that has grown purposefully strong. His finger propels the ache from a fixed point in the past before moving it along the curve of the wave, eventually allowing it to veer off into the sky-coloured hair of the future. The paint splattered hair on my brother's arm lends to Calf Club 1989 a sense of things out of place. Over the last few days, I've come to know more than a little about the sense of what is and what isn't, and indeed what should all along have been. This isn't, as some of my friends might reason, because I'm embarrassed to death that my brother and I are the only kids at our school to bring hand-painted rocks to Calf Club instead of live animals. Nor is it because my miniature garden is the only entry submitted so far in the school-wide calf club miniature garden competition. I have assembled the mini grand estate expertly in an ice cream container, inclusive of a small bird bath made with a jar lid covered in tinfoil, and a park bench made entirely of seashells. However, I know it's nothing more than a container of compressed dirt with a series of slick surface embellishments. I look over at my brother and want to share with him the real facts contributing to my bubbling head. He raises his arms up to stretch them, and I say very breathlessly, Mum had a baby before us called Brian, but he died. My brother looks at me and says, Liar. It's true, I say, wanting him to ask me how I found out in the first place, because I've got the entire shock of it stored in my brain. On that day, as I closed the stall door in the woman's bathroom, I realised that Mum hadn't even reminded me to lay three short lines of toilet paper down over the seat before sitting on it. I thought about the changes that had been happening to Mum's mouth as I sat down. Her mouth had first changed shape in the morning, when she'd talked with Uncle Bill on the telephone. It's the 18th of July, she'd said to him. 
before adding something like, Time sneaks up on me on purpose. Since then, her mouth had become a line, a half moon, and something close to a crater lake. I tried to work it out as I sat on the toilet, but the person next door flushed their loo, and I couldn't think over the noise. When the torrent became a trickle in the bowl, I heard a cooing sound, and a paper towel being pulled from the roll and water starting to run from a tap. But the cooing didn't stop at all, and I knew then that a woman was trying to help someone just outside my door. Someone who was crying, and it reminded me of running my hand over threadbare carpet because the sound was bumpy, but still a little soft. Dear, the strange woman said, I'm sorry, dear. It was a long time ago, well, before my second was born. We were going to call him Brian. I've always liked the way B names sound, you know. Would you like a mint, dear? I'm fine, Mum said. I'm lucky to have two healthy children since then, and no more miscarriages. Do you know, it would have been his birthday 14 years ago today. Mum stopped, then said, Beatrice, you need to hurry up in there. I came out of the cubicle, and I let the door swing on its hinges, and Mum snapped my hand in her own. She pulled me out into the daylight so quickly, I didn't even have to wash my hands. But my brother doesn't ask me a single question, and after a few minutes I say, they're going to start the leading competition for the sheep. Whatever, can I have some of your H2O, my brother asks. No, I say. My brother grabs my drink bottle and runs as fast as Molly Sims' sheep ran when she came at it with a steely hairbrush singing Sucker, my brother says. Sucker. And when he is far enough away with my drink bottle, only retards sit with their sisters anyway. I imagine dipping a face cloth in the bathroom basin when we get home and moving secretly with it down the hall to the living room where my brother sits, watching TV. I imagine making direct contact with the green tinge behind his ear before he has the chance to stop me. Buoyed up by this thought, I look out over the wayward scene of animals and children moving in and around makeshift pens dotted over the school field. I spot Molly Sims with her pet sheep and a pen to the left. I clap vigorously when Lamb Cuddle starts to follow her obediently all the way around the pen, nostrils flared little droppings falling to the ground behind it, evidently too afraid to run and too afraid to stop. That was Rachel O'Neill's story, Calf Club 1989. It was read by Jesse Burrell, with sound design by John Chia and album illustration by Polly Deadman. To hear more stories, visit paperradio.net or subscribe to our podcast.